0: It's been a long time, I shouldn't have left you Without a strong rhyme to step to Thinking how many weeks shows you slept through Time's up, sorry I kept you Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome Episode 14, I think, is it 14? The Idea of Manhood, Episode 14 It's your boy, five mics Husband, father, educator, writer, MC. The microphone gives me wings I took a little... I took a little break, not because I wanted to, just because, hey, it's real out here in these streets. These parenthood, fatherhood, husbandhood streets, professional streets. Life got real for a second, so I had to take a little step back. Um, And I just, I tried, and I couldn't do it. So, I, you know, I had to take that L, and I had to take a little week. So, I, I recognize now why, you know, when you're watching a TV show that you really love, and you're like, yo... you taking a fall break i understand now because when you're creating on a certain level it's like hey you gotta it's your brain needs time to to breathe and life goes on life continues to move so thank you for sticking with me a couple people hit me up like yo where you at son where you at and i'm here i've been here nothing's going nothing's going on everything's going well but just work was crazy these past couple weeks um Life got crazy. My son had a whole bunch of soccer tournaments and the end of baseball season and just life, man. The end of the quarter for school. So I'm glad to be back. I missed. There's so much happened. And this is one of those episodes. This is episode 14. And, I, and I, I'm going to jump right in. But um Thank you for, you know, thank you for listening, blah, 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 all that good stuff. Listen to me on the idea of However, you listen to me right now, listen to me that way again in a week. Uh, whether it's on SoundCloud, thank you. Whether it's on iTunes, thank you. Whether it's on Stitcher, Twitter, wherever you're listening to, thank you. Um, this is episode 14. Uh, and this this episode is entitled On Everything I Love, Dog. On A Thing. I love, and that's a phrase that I don't really understand. I used to hear people say it when I was like in college and a little bit active. Like, what are you talking about? on everything I love? I'm here in the barber shops a lot in DC. Um, and now I understand on everything I love. It's just like that means like I swear to you on everything that I love that I'm telling you the truth or that I'm gonna do X, Y, and Z. And so um the, the this this is gonna be to me, I think it's gonna be a cathartic episode for me. There's a lot that has happened in the past few weeks. Um, this show probably won't have a format. You know, I'll try to do the I'm tired. I'll try to do the hip hop minute, but uh, and the main idea, but there's so many important things that uh, that need to be addressed. And I don't know if a format Will limit me or provide too much structure Or make it too planned And I really am freestyling I always freestyle but I'm especially freestyling I came in here I just turned on the computer And pressed record Like I don't have anything to talk about But everything needs to be talked about If you understand what I'm saying So thank you so much for for tuning in This episode is entitled On everything I love It's episode 14 It's 5 mics Uh, We're going to come back and jump right in what are we gonna talk about i don't know we'll see <laughs> all right thanks for tuning in i'll be back mm, and we're back okay uh i did manhood episode 14 bah bon, bon, bon. listen 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 linda listen so there's been so much and i don't know i feel like there i'm heavy right now like i'm heavy you know, There's been a lot going on on social media There's been a lot going on on the news There's so much going on in music There's so much going on in pop culture And I don't know where to start um, And I chose the title on Everything I Love Because I know I wanted to have an episode where we talked about love But not like, oh I love you baby Not like that But um, you know For those that know and in the circles I run in, you know, me and uh, a good friend of mine, one of my best and closest friends, the godfather of, of, of my son and the best man in my wedding, my boy Gary. We always talk about there's two ways to respond to any and every situation, two ways, only two ways. Right? And all the emotions that are in between are just really extensions of these two ways that you could respond to anything. Um, and we always talk about love and fear, right? Uh, love and fear. There's really no other way to respond to anything. love or fear. And so many of our cruel actions in in this world are... Predicated on fear On fear of what could happen Fear of what won't happen um, And, you know, of course I would be remiss if I didn't address Or talk about on some level The the bombings in Paris last week uh, The There was a bombing, a terrorist act In Nigeria this week um, there were, of course, uh, an offshoot of the uh, of situations happening that happened a few weeks ago, maybe in the Soviet Union and Russia. Uh, not Soviet Union, but in Russia, um, with the plane explosion and just things happening everywhere. And um, I think as a nation and as a world right now, we're in a state of fear. Like everything... As a result of these actions over the past few weeks, few months, if you go back to what happened in Kenya uh, and what happened in uh, countless other countries across the world, we are in a constant cycle of fear and fear mongering, right? And so what really has me so heavy right now is... I just really, really am disgusted by the vitriol that people you like that SAT word. That was good. You like that? Look it up. Cause I don't I'm really not sure if I used it right, but it sounded fresh, so I'm gonna ride with it. The vitriol that people spew uh on social media and the way that the fearmonger is on the news and in every media platform are using these things to advance whatever agenda they are trying to push right and so you know i just it 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 it, it confuses already a confusing time in our nation right because instead of responding to And being sympathetic to And being empathetic Or whatever you want to call it To the situations To to these terrorist attacks Before you can even shed a tear in mourning There is some group Some liberals Some conservatives Some racist Some sexist Some homophobes Some somebody on their platform that is ready to use this tragedy to push forward their own agenda and it confuses the issue so when you have people that are weak-minded or not even weak-minded that's harsh when you have people that get their media get their news from twitter or you know have all their intellectual conversations on facebook There then comes this Facebook way, this Instagram way, this Twitter way that people are responding to real ass issues, like to real life pain, to real life destruction, to real life like horror. You know what I'm saying? Like horrible situations. People are Interacting and engaging with these situations in a social media way, which is so distasteful to me, which is like the most disrespectful. Like, before you can say, you know, oh man, pray for. The nine people that were shot in the church in South Carolina by Dylan Roof. Pray for their families. You know, oh my God, please just, you know, address and and, and somehow, you know, calm this. Before you can even express remorse to the victims, it's like someone's going to come in and be like, well you know why they let them in the church or uh you know we need better gun laws uh if they had guns in the church then it wouldn't be no problems uh you know Christians shouldn't be in the church no way uh you know what i'm saying like just like people use these like Horrible situations To advance Whatever bull Agenda That they're championing That week That day that minute that second Excuse me so That has My heart so heavy The way that people respond To the tragedies Has my heart heavier Than the tragedies themselves and that make that makes me feel horrible because it's like i i feel like i can't even mourn these horrible situations because my mind and my timeline and my text messages and everything is flooded with these spins of like political Gain or oh it's an election year so I'm gonna go out and grandstand in front of my constituents on some BS if I was president I would tell them this and but da da instead of showing love right instead of just like being like yo what the hell just happened you know what I'm saying I couldn't even like you know i was getting the text messages and the news feeds my news feeds were going off on of my phone when the paris bombing happened and um, you know everybody was like oh my god oh my god what is going on and the the num- the death toll kept on going up and it was like 30 people 40 people 50 people 100 people 120 people dead and so before I could even blink my eyes, this idiot Donald Trump goes on Twitter and is like, wow, this is in a country that bans, you know, whatever. I don't know, machine gun. I don't know whatever bullshit he said. And so people were retweeting that, and people were like, oh, then he deleted the poll. I'm like, yo, this, what? I can't even wrap my mind around a person's, uh, ideology That would When something At this level and this magnitude Happens That would resort to And their first line of thought Their first uh, Their first freaking thought Is to like hmm how can I Spend this to make a point about Something that I've been trying to get the American People to believe forever You know what I'm saying like what, What kind of devil What kind of freaking like what what kind of black hole is in your soul that that's your first line of thought not to mention that you're running for the presidency of this country and so you have that these are our future leaders right so so to speak and then you have their minions you have people on Facebook people on Twitter that can barely read legit like just Learn to comprehend English, <laughs> you know, that are now retweeting this in support. You have conservative websites that are doing boom, boom, boom and saying these crazy things, and then you have liberal websites that are, you know, countering and and, and raising it a notch, and just like, my heart is so heavy you know what i'm saying um i've been real quiet on facebook when it comes to um to, to 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 the to the bombings and to the terrorism and and so then the next thing i saw there's like there's this like shaming battle like people use twitter and facebook and stuff to like shame other people their three followers or whatever they're like how dare you you know uh how dare you make the avatar on your facebook page have the french flag on the background you know what i'm saying like you need to have this flag in the background you know oh what 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 wait what like are you regulating my morning style like how i mourn like are you trying to like People really Try to regulate The way you mourn The way you like The way you pay Respect to This tragedy People even try to regulate That people try to spin That this is a This has been the week and month and year Of the spin And it's because of social media And people's inability To Like either they are trying to create this online persona that is void of feeling, void of vulnerability, void of authenticity in lieu of like this. I am constantly a forward-thinking conservative, or I am constantly a compassionate liberal, and nothing that ever happened is going to change my approach to this situation, and man, look, I just, ah. Yo, I lost a lot. I've never been one of those people like, yo, I'm giving up on Facebook because people are crazy. You know, I don't want to see this craziness on my timeline because I'm always from the school of thought. Then, well, block those people. Delete those people. Don't look at it. Scroll through. If you see something you don't like, like, quickly scroll by it. And I do that regularly. Um, But, like, this past couple days on Facebook and Twitter and so on and so forth have really... Caused me to be like, I don't want anything to do with anybody but my family. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want any friends. I don't want any pseudo friends. I don't want to interact with any colleagues. I don't want to interact with anyone because I don't trust you. Like, I don't trust that, you know. I don't trust whatever persona you are trying to create on these platforms. I don't trust it. And I believe that if there was a tragedy that would happen in my life that would affect me directly. That I couldn't depend on people to mourn my tragedy without spinning it for their personal gain. So I really want anything to do with people. Like, and I'm, you know, like people that know me know me. Like, I'm all, for, I'll, I'll, I'll embrace anyone. Like, even people I don't agree with. Like, I respect all viewpoints. I respect, I, you know. It's conversation, it's dialogue, is exchange. I love that. But, like, I have just lost so much faith in people um, over the past few weeks that it's just, like, I don't want anything to do with anybody. Like, I, I, I have my family, my wife, my son, my daughter, my mom, my brothers and sisters, my dad, you know, uh, and, and a few close friends friends that I've known for 30 years for 20 plus like no new friends like I don't want any new friends I don't want to talk to anybody in my neighborhood I don't want to look at anybody because I don't trust you I don't believe I don't know who you are like I don't I don't know no 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 no. Because people are sick and twisted and people are spin doctors and people ultimately are selfish and are going to use these series of tragedies to advance their own personal agendas. Like anybody gives a hell like what your person like, man, you have two ways to respond to any situation, love or fear. You know what I'm saying? I will always choose love. Like, no one can get me out of my love lane. And I'm not talking about being lovey-dovey. I'm not talking about loving everybody. I'm just saying that when it comes to situations... Where, like, my first inkling or my first response to something, like, 99% of the time is gonna be I'm responding, I'm interacting with someone out of love. Like, I don't, I cannot, and I do not choose to live in a fear mode. You know what I'm saying? I'm in and out of schools every day with the hardest thugs in D.C. schools. I'm, you know, on the streets walking through homeless people all the time. I'm passing by people that, that look crazy or that look like they're going through problems or what have you. And I don't walk in fear. Like, you know, like, I just don't. Like, I walk next to homeless people like what's going on you have money no I don't I'm sorry I'll pray for you God bless shake them hand and keep it like that's just like that's how I'm choosing to move right now because all of this energy right now that's out there it's cyclical so whatever you please believe whatever you put out there is coming back to you please believe that whatever insensitive reaction you have to these series of of tragedies that are happening is gonna come back to you like your thought process thoughts turn into things things turn into actions you know all that stuff so like whatever you're putting out there is gonna come back to you hard um and i'm just choosing love and i like and 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 that doesn't mean that you know like i just said it doesn't mean that i love everybody it doesn't mean that i agree with everybody you know, that's not what the I don't agree with a lot of things that's happening. But when it comes to certain things and how people are responding to tragedies, how dare like what kind of nonsensical, crazy, uh, warped, wicked mind state? Do you have to be in to be like, yo, I don't care about those people in Paris because they, you know, Look at how they treated people in Haiti. What? Like... What? Like, we know, like, yes, you know, imperialism, you know, it was bad, it was horrible. Like, the way that this world has treated black people has been horrible, but goodness gracious, like, why carry around that burden with you? Yo, you see what's happening? That's because, you know, how they treat Africans, and no one cares about Nigeria, and yo, you got your French flag on your avatar, you need to put the Kenyan flag up. Yo, like really Uh, really like that's like that's your line that's your response i can't i can't like i just i don't have that kind of i'm not looking for that right now like I, i can't be looking i can't be on a thousand percent looking for injustice at all times because that's draining as hell like there's injustice everywhere for so many different reasons. So when people are hurt, you can't call upon the injustices of their forefathers and be like, yo, I can't mourn for you because your great-grandfather enslaved. Like, what? Like, what? Like, what? It's too much. It's too much objectivity. Like, it's just too much. It's just too much. So that's, that's why it's been so heavy for me that's why i've been so quiet that's why you know my timeline i'm choosing to just focus on positivity positive stories like you know if people write something i don't agree with i like it anyway like yo more power to you son like all right cool um you know because uh, you know love's in need of love stevie wonder You know what I'm saying? Like, Stevie Wonder can see that love's in need of love today. Don't delay. You know what I'm saying? Like, it... You know, there's so many. It's just a lot. It's just a lot. So I'm gonna get on that soapbox. I could I could literally talk about this for like two three hours by myself, to myself, for myself. Um, But yo, we'll be right back in a second. We're gonna try to lighten the mood, but probably not. Probably gonna go a little deeper, uh, a little murkier, a little harder. Um, But this is on everything I love for real. We'll be right back. So, in a timely news clip, I have on 10 o'clock news, and there's a study that says sex once a week is key to happiness for married couples, and they're showing all these people holding hands, walking up the escalator, and a whole bunch of shit. Uh, sex once a week is the key to couple, is the key to happiness for married couples. Okay. Okay. Um, sure. Um... Once a week, all right. I mean, see, see. Uh, all right, all right. We're just gonna leave that right there. Chew on that. We'll talk about that another week when Danielle comes back. All right. We are gonna have Danielle back. Uh, we're gonna talk about that. All right. So, uh, the hip hop minute. I don't. There's so much. There's, there's been so much new music. Like I have to put. I have to bring my iPhone out to think about all the music that has come out in the last few weeks. <clears throat> Excuse me, but. Uh, what I'm thinking about that I want everybody to listen to hip hop is, uh, Talib Kweli. Everybody know Talib Kweli from Black um, just to get by, just to get by. Anyway, he released a, uh, I think it's an EP. I don't even understand the difference between EP, LP, singles, mixtapes. I don't know. He released an album with, uh, Ninth Wonder. As the with the as the producer, and it's called Indy Five Hundred. It's amazing, such a good hip hop album, pure hip hop. A uh, lot of good raps, a lot of good beats. So definitely check that out. Uh, if you're into this kind of. It's kind of music, uh, music. It's, it's rap, but Church in These Streets by Young Jeezy. Everybody knows Jeezy out of Atlanta. Uh, he released a pretty good album. I never. I'm, I'm going to be honest, cause I'm not, I can't even front. I can't even lie. Well, uh, Young Jeezy, I've never been a fan. Uh, I'm sad. That's just my New York, my New York angle. I don't know. Never been a big fan of Young Jeezy. I listened to the album. Through maybe two or three times And it's a good album Uh, People like it, just not my cup of tea Tell you the truth Um, Logic, I think I've talked about Logic On here before, maybe, maybe not Uh, Actually Logic's out of Maryland um, Montgomery County Gaithersburg up there somewhere But dope, dope, dope MC, Check out his new album. It's called The Incredible True Story. Now, Logic looks like a white guy, but he's mixed. Um, but just check him out anyway. He's he's great. Um, Red Man released a new album. I haven't had an opportunity to listen to it yet, but he released a new album. A lot of people are talking about a new artist called Gold Link. Gold Link. Check that album out. I listened to it a couple times. It's nice um, Let me see, who else released the album DJ Cal, I think I talked about him before uh, Released a new album Called I Changed A Lot uh, That's dope, who else I think that's it for now A lot of great albums, I'm still listening to Rory, R-A-U-R-Y Amazing indie album Indie hip hop album, out dude out of Atlanta uh, I believe Meek uh, No, I think Kiss's album Y'all remember Kiss from The Locks his album comes out Friday. I think it's called Top Five That Are Alive. His, his album comes out Friday, um, but I want to change the game on you um, and let you know we're we'll gonna do the Gospel Minute. Uh, Kurt Franklin released an album, I think today or yesterday, um, and it's called Losing My Religion. And. If you're whether you're a Christian or not, if you want to hear some inspirational music, please listen to that album, it's absolutely amazing. Um, so like I'll listen to it catching the Holy Ghost in the car, like do, 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 Anyhow, um, great album. So that's the hip hop Minute I'm gonna leave that there. I'm not gonna go too deep into that uh, because I want to come back and talk about something, uh, another pretty heavy topic. I want to get the mood a little light, give you something to listen to, and then we'll come back. Uh, I want to share with you a story and an experience that I've been going through for the past few weeks uh, Why I've been so crazy busy Alright, be right back, hold tight And we're back Alright, listen, so um, The past two weeks, let me tell you, I don't know if I've shared this before But I'm an educator, of course, I, I work in education in Washington, D.C. And I work in an agency that we we we, we perform and, and we produce college and career education programs throughout the city. Uh, so that gives me the opportunity to spread the word, spread the good word about life after high school, about continuing your education and just having a plan for after high school. So I'm talking with students all the time. I talk with parents all the time. I talk with teachers and counselors and administrators all the time. That's my job. Every day I'm talking to constituents in D.C. about about college access issues and college preparedness issues and transitioning from high school, all that stuff. Right. So my job has a program where we sponsor for the most part we sponsor about 60 kids from washington dc to um to take summer college courses At institutions, at colleges around the nation. I'm talking Stanford. I'm talking uh, Harvard. We're talking uh, Boston. We're talking Emory, Duke. um, All some great universities. And so we pay for students to attend for free, if you're a D.C. resident, uh, for free, these great opportunities. And take four, six, or eight-week classes. And so we had a call for applications. Students can apply. And we had... 250 applications all throughout the city right that number seems kind of low to me but hey dc's not that big um but we 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 had 250 applications and uh, what makes our program a little unique is that we interview every single student So me and the staff I work with, uh, we interview, we go into the high schools during the school day and we interview every single student that applies. And these are for the most part, middle to high performing students. So these are kids, you know, the lowest they might have in this group is a 29 and they're really supposed to have a 3.2 or above, but we'll interview anyone that applies anywhere from 2.9 to kids with a 5.0, you know, literally a 5.0. So I've been talking with literally every day for the past, I don't know, three weeks, hundreds of students. Um, and I've, And I've learned so much. It's been a burdensome process because it's just anybody that works with students, anybody that works with people on a regular basis where you have to talk with them and interact with them, you know, it's draining because, you know, especially if you're an extrovert, like you give your energy in a certain way and, you know, you expect people and kind of demand people to interact with you in a certain way, and that takes it, you're giving energy, it takes energy from you. So, a lot of times, after I do my podcast, like I'm trained. When I speak in front of large groups, when I perform, when I do host a show, like afterwards, like I am done because I give so much to my, you know, quote unquote performance, right? So, I've been interviewing with these students every day, eight in the morning to 4 p.m., every day, every 20, 30 minutes, every 20 minutes a new student, new student, new student, my colleagues and I, right, and so, you know, I've gained so much from these interviews, some, for some reason, more so this year than last year, and I think it's because I'm doing the podcast, and so a lot of things like, that I see, I'm like, yo, I got to put that on the podcast. I'll have interaction with someone like, yo, I got to put that on the podcast. So when I hear students say certain things, I'm like, I'm putting that on the podcast. And so, so many more things this time. Anyhow, so a, a few trends came up as I'm talking with students. Um, now these are students in DC, but don't get it twisted. Like, you know, people always throw that urban, um, qualifier on there. These, you know, yes, DC is a metropolitan, a a somewhat city. DC is the South. First of all, don't get it twisted. DC is not New York. It's not Philly. It's not Chicago. DC is like Savannah, Georgia in my mind. But anyhow, um, and DC is small and, um, but we're, we're meeting with, all sorts of kids. We're dealing. We're meeting with African American, with Latino students, with Asian students. You run. You you name it. We we've talked with them. Students with disabilities. Students you know uh, that are exceptionally gifted. And a few themes. Uh, a few themes are continuing to ring true as I'm talking to students. Um. You know, and they were a little alarming, you know, when I started to recognize what I was hearing and how the impact of what I was hearing was coming through. On the student's application. In the student's interview. How the student engaged with me. How the student looked me in the eye or not. How the student shook my hand or not. Um, if they asked me questions or not. Uh, a few things like started to become evident for me. And they were a little alarming. Um, one. One and also it's alarming for me too because you know we have a son we have a son that's nine you know he's not high school age but you know Almost middle school, going through his growth issues and maturing issues and, you know, striving for independence. So I'm looking at my son who's nine in fourth grade and I'm looking at these kids who are in 10th grade and I'm like, yo, I wonder how these kids were when they were in fourth grade. I'm comparing them to my son. I'm like, yo, I bet he that's how my son's going to be, you know, and I'm looking at I'm a little bit more um, cognizant of some of the things I see from these kids that I interviewed. And so one thing rang rang true for me Loud as a bell Nothing new here If you're an educator If you know young people But uh, at the age of 15 or 16 um, You know The importance of your kids Or young people's friends Are so much more powerful That I think anyone wants to admit um, You know Parents and guardians, grandparents, aunts, uncles, godparents You have to talk to your kids about the friends that they choose It was a recurring theme in all the interviews That, you know, these are kids that are, you know, relatively high performing That their friends have so much more influence on them than their teachers definitely more than their parents more than their coaches, more than the adults in the in the building um, how? young people choose and keep friends is absolutely paramount to their success and or their mistakes and how they recover from these mistakes. Please believe that students know this. I think that a lot of times, you know, Parents want to say, you know, oh, you know, my kid just hangs out with the wrong crowd, you know, but he knows better. No, no, mama. He doesn't know better. You know what I'm saying? Um, the kid that comes into the interview and smiles and does all the right things. If they're hanging out with thugs, guess what, mama? He's a thug, too. You know what I'm saying? Um And the best thugs are the best uh, actors. You know what I'm saying? Like, they come in and shake my hand and say, yes, sir. And give me that whole church. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. All right. That's what what I'm talking about. And then I'll see them right on the corner outside after school, slinging Larry Loves. Like, so, anyhow, friends and the importance of friends Uh, and how your child and how a young person interacts with their friends is more important than the relationships with their teachers and their parents. So just when I saw that, you know, it sounds simple. And I think that, you know, some people are like, of course, Mike, duh. But no, I don't think you understand what I'm saying because... Like the good kids. I'm talking about the kids with a 3.9 that are taking all APs that are, you know, in the church choir, you know, uh, we might think that they on the outside have a certain thing, but if their friends are having babies and making babies, they are making babies. So I I just want to put that out there. Friends are very important duh, right, the next thing, this is the final thing I'm going to talk about, this is getting long, I know, I don't know, I'm assuming I've been talking for like 40 minutes, I don't know, maybe, um, I would say, we entered, we, we, as a staff, we had 250 applications, no, I'm sorry, 207, I said 250, we had 274 applications, uh, I would say I me myself personally I probably interviewed 120 of them right maybe maybe less maybe more 120 students I interviewed myself one on one and I would say that 88% of the students that I interviewed Did not have a father in the household I would say 85 to 90% Of the students That I interviewed Did not have a father That lived in the household Was being raised by a single mother Um or, or their father was unknown or, you know, was in and out. Oh, yeah, he's around, but, you know, whatever. Like, that's how they was. Yeah, he's here. I don't, I don't know where you. You know what I'm saying? Um, 80 to 85 to 90 percent. Real talk. I'm not exaggerating. Because after I started hearing and knowing the trend, I started keeping track. And there would be days where I would go... Uh, go through talking with students 30 students and there would be one kid that I met with today that had a father that had an active father in their lives um, so you know some people say hey these kids are great these kids are top performers in their high schools these kids are applying to this wonderful program so well, what's the problem um, there's a problem. There is a problem. Now, I mean, again, I'm not, you know, I'm preached to the choir. A lot of the people that listen to this podcast know they're educators. You know the importance of, of fathers, and a lot of fathers listen to this. So, you know how important your role is, right? You know that you're needed. You don't have to add, you know, no one has to tell you. No one has to give you a plaque. No one has to buy you a tie on Father's Day to know that your role in the household is absolutely essential. Um, but when I meet with young men, especially, Within about two minutes into the conversation, I can tell that there's no father in their household. Wrap your mind around that for a second. I can tell. Now, of course, I'm a man. I'm a father. So maybe these things come easier to me. Maybe I'm more clairvoyant in that area. But Within two minutes of sitting down with a student and them just explaining to me, telling me their name and what they like to do in their free time and how they greet me. I know whether or not there is an active man in this kid's life. And what I'm saying is that that's not right. Like men. Men. Men Like fathers It sounds so cliche And sounds so silly for me to even have to say this But like Our role In Our kids lives Are invaluable We all know that You know Kids need their mothers You know Girls need their mothers Boys need their mothers Mothers are You know To the point that you know, of course, mothers give life. They bear the fruit. They are the ones that develop that first bond and so on and so forth. We know that that's a given and that's biological. That's like it's like math. There's an equation and you see it. If you do the equation right, it's going to come out this way. Women carry the babies, the babies are born from the woman, and that is the process. That's the only way people can be born into this world, barring science and all that stuff, right? So, we get that. Regardless of what higher power you believe in, every higher power that's on record discusses and talks about the balance... That is required to have a happy and fulfilling life. They talk about the balance. There's the right and the left. You know, there's an eye for an eye. There's the yin and the yang. There's balance. In, there's heart and there's soul and there's mind, right? There's wisdom and clarity. There's always two sides to every situation, right? So if the mother is that physical uh, vehicle for a child to enter and be successful on this planet, then you have to believe that the father was there to be something extremely important and invaluable, and my beef has always been that dads don't understand how important their role is in the household. It doesn't matter what kind of relationship you have with the mother. It doesn't matter. It, it matters so little that it, it's almost laughable because you know, for a long time, people were trying to give that whole route like, oh, you know, uh, a kid needs a mother and a father in the household. You got to be husband and wife. You got to be married. Look, at this point in time, that's great. You know, if you have that opportunity, if it's that simple for you and your family. Awesome. Um, but let me tell you. When there is no active Male role model No active male figure No active male to balance out the energies of the household It's putting our kids at a disadvantage It's putting our kids at a disadvantage When there is no father When there is no man To balance the energies of women like women's energies are unique. They are special. they are they rise and they fall. they're sometimes sporadic, some not sporadic, sometimes erratic, yeah, I said it. sometimes a little erratic, sometimes extremely warm, sometimes extremely cold. Now what a man does, hey, in my experience, write me if you don't agree, is balance that out. And when you balance that energy out, it creates a balanced offspring, right? So what I saw when I'm interviewing students is students that were just reflections of their household like because you would imagine like if you spend 18 17 16 15 years with one person who's one way then you're going to be a reflection of that clearly right that's just human nature. that's just how it goes when there's no man in these households it makes a bigger difference than you would ever imagine when a student sat down with me let's say a young boy, I'll, I'll give a young lady example too. If a young if a young man came in and sat down with me, I could tell by the way he shook my hand whether or not there was a father in his house or whether it was a man. And I'm not, and see a lot of people confuse it and say like, oh, well, you know, I don't have to be unhappy in my relationship just so my kids could have a father. I'm not asking anybody to be unhappy in their relationship. God forbid I would ask you to do that. What I'm saying is that I'm not, and, and this has nothing to do with women, honestly. I don't care. This I don't. I don't. I'm not putting any other responsibility on women at all. As a matter of fact, um, I'm really talking to the men. I'm really talking to the men that, you know, make decisions to have children with women, and then for whatever reason, decide that hey, this is not going to work between us. So that means that I'm going to peace out my kid, too. You're the scum of the earth. And especially in certain minority communities, if you're asking me, if we could pinpoint one reason as to why the performance of certain communities are so low when it comes to, you know, of course I'm an educator, so I'm talking about education things. When it comes to the number of kids that are on medication for ADHD, when it comes to the number of kids that are on medication for whatever the hell else, when it comes to the number of kids that are dropping out in the ninth grade, when it comes to the number of kids that are, that aren't Graduating from high school in six years, you know, after starting ninth grade, when it comes to average GPAs, when it comes to average SAT scores, when it comes to performance on standardized testing, then to me, the foundational issue of why there is such low performance in certain communities is the lack of balance in the household. Right There's no balance 85% of the kids That I talk to So if I talk to 120 kids 100 kids Mentioned to me That their fathers Were not in their lives I know That that is having an Impact on our kids today Um, if it's not academically, it's socially, if it's not socially, it's economically, if it's not economically, it's going to show its face in some other form or fashion. And I need men to like fight for that, like fight for that. Like it's your life, like fight for it. Like you care for the humanity, uh, and that you care for the communities that we come from. Um, to me, that's the idea of manhood. You know what I'm saying? The idea of manhood is how you will leave your legacy in the community that you're from. And the first way, or not the first way, but one of the ways that you leave your legacy is how you uh, provide balance and support and how you raise your child. It has nothing to do with women. This is separate from what women do. I'm talking about the specific an absolute role of a man in a child's life. Again, I'm not saying they have to live in the household. I'm not saying that mother and father have to be together holding hands and skipping down the street. I'm saying that uh, that certain communities, our communities are at a loss because so many of our kids, don't have an active male man in their life and it was disheartening it was disheartening because you know these kids were socially adjusted they were fine and they're probably going to be fine you know what i'm saying they're probably going to be just fine uh they're gonna be fine uh in their own way. You know, like they're not gonna suffer. It's not like they're gonna be out crying on the corner looking for dad, but there's certain things that they're not going to get and that they're gonna to have to learn on their own, and that's gonna keep them behind in certain circles because they didn't have a father or a man to give them certain ideals. I'm not talking about teaching how to change tires. That's that's tangible stuff. That's stuff you can learn on YouTube. I'm talking about intangible things. I'm talking about how to look at someone in the eye. I'm talking about um, how to... Uh stand up for yourself in a situation where you're being wronged a mother can teach a son that They can but i'm telling you it's different when it's coming from a man I'm talking about how to defend yourself in certain situations I'm talking about how to command a room a woman can't teach a boy how to do that and here to flip it on you Excuse me uh some people might think that, well, what if I have a girl? What if what? What, if you have a, what, what does a man need to do? Like, what does a man have to do in, in a daughter's life? But let me tell you, that balance is needed with little girls too, with girls too, with young women too. They need men in their lives to, like. To so that they can see from an early age how they should be loved and treated and respected by someone that is of the opposite sex. It starts with that father daughter relationship from the very beginning um, that starts early and I can tell when I sit down with a young girl. With it takes me a little longer. With the boys, I can tell in thirty seconds. With the girls, it takes me about five minutes. I was like, oh, she doesn't have a father. I can tell like she doesn't have a man in her life. And it's not because you know because she's doing poorly in the interview. It's just certain nuances in the in the in the interaction that show to me that this 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 young woman needs balance in her life needs the balance needs perspective and i think that's what fathers offer to households to families fathers are the balance fathers are the, I mean we all i mean everybody will know and agree that you know emotionally women are more more so not totally but women are more so emotionally driven and so emotions go up and down whether you're hungry or cold or thirsty or you know angry or happy or sad like emotions go up and down and please believe that men are very emotional creatures as well but i think we've been socialized to control our emotions differently not better not worse just differently and so with that different way of handling emotions comes a completely different way of interacting with people you know and using logic in certain times when it's necessary uh and when it's not necessary to use emotion when you need to use logic so it fathers need to be active in your child's life period Uh, Before you decide to have a child with someone, you need to really have that conversation about like, yo, I, you know, you need to want to be there for your child as much and as often as possible, regardless of how uncomfortable it is with the ex person and your new person and this person, they don't get along, F them they'll be okay, but you have a child there that needs you, that needs that balance, that needs that perspective from someone that holds the same bloodline that they do, someone that is predisposed to respond to certain situations in the same way. Kids need that balance, so um, just, it was really eye-opening to see the number of kids and how that lack of a father figure impacted our 15-minute conversation. Just wrap your mind around 15 minutes. That's all. Um, So imagine how it's, how how it's impacting them in the classroom and on the field and on the metro and in the movie theater. You have to believe that if it's interact, if it's acting impacting them. I'm sorry, uh, this way in one field that it's going to impact them another way in another field. So that is my uh, long episode today. I'm sure we're at fifty or fifty five minutes. That's cool. Just listen to while you're on your way to work. Um, Hit up the idea of manhood.com. Find me on spot oh no, I'm not on Spotify. Cause I don't even know what to do. That. Uh, find me on SoundCloud. Find me on iTunes, the idea of manhood on Stitcher. Uh, hit me up on Instagram. I'm there. Hit me up on uh, what's the other one? Twitter, I'm there too. Uh, just search for me please continue to come back. Continue to tell your friends about it. We're doing big things over here. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll catch y'all next time. Episode 14 The Idea of Manhood 5 Mikes. Peace.